Hi, you found the Out of the Ordinary podcast, where we believe that the very best stories grow out of the soil of ordinary life. I'm Christy Purifoy. And I'm Lisa Jo Baker. And a few of our favorite ordinary things in this extraordinary time of global quarantine are FaceTiming with long-distance friends, the smell of fresh sheets, and all those overdue library books I have that have now had their fines waived. <laughs> and Lisa Joe, mine are headphones, four pairs on four kids, the internet, which is keeping us connected, and my seedlings, my baby seeds under grow lights in the basement. Friends, may you find joy in today's conversation. Get comfy. Here we go. Okay, this next conversation is part of a fun series we're excited to share with you all. In these days of quarantine and cabin fever, we want to help you and ourselves see our homes less like places where we are trapped with frighteningly low supplies of toilet paper and more like places of refuge and welcome for ourselves and others we love. (laughs) This is the Home Series, stories from our favorite rooms in the house. We hope this series offers you new ways to see your space and a fresh appreciation for all the magic that lives within your ordinary walls. No matter how tired, frazzled, or frustrated you might feel today, take the next half hour to exhale as we remind you how awesome your home and all its stories really are. Today, we're telling stories from the kitchen. Yum. Lisa Joe. Yum, yum. <laughs> yeah. Yum, yum. <laughs> Lisa Joe, my kitchen is still not finished. I was going to say it's under construction, but it is not under construction because that would imply work is being done on the kitchen. <laughs> no work is being done on the kitchen. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I think we started working on the kitchen in December, maybe, and it is mostly finished. It's functional. We are using it. We're loving it. Um, it's just those finishing things, the you know, paint on the walls. There's some light fixtures we um, haven't been able to install yet, shelving, just those last-minute things that mean everything is still sort of jumbled up on the counter. Um, it's a little darker in there than it should be. <laughs> <laughs> the, your and kitchen. yet the irony <laughs> is that we're using the kitchen more than ever. Our lives are revolving around the kitchen more than ever because the kids are home. They're not going to school every day. The kitchen is full all the time. Um, so I'm grateful for the space, but I'm also feeling a little exasper- exas- exasperated. Is that the word? Exasperated <laughs> with the space. <laughs> um, and I have found myself a few times, Lisa Joe. I don't know if you have felt this as well, but I... Um, I used to get a little bit of quiet time each day around five o'clock. I would be the only one in the kitchen. I would start making dinner. I might listen to NPR on the radio. Um, If I'm really doing it right, I might light a little candle and just sort of, you know, kind of decompress from the day. But that never happens anymore. The kitchen (laughs) is just always full, always busy. It's a little crazy. I don't know. What's life like in your kitchen these days? Your kitchen sounds like life, Christy. It's just like paused in mid-moment. <laughs> like your construction yes, in your kitchen is. is just like paused, but it's supposed to be going. But like, is this what's happening? But we're still using this, but it's paused right. at the same time. Like what is happening in our lives right now? <laughs> right. I will say, actually, it's a little bit the opposite in terms of the busyness of my kitchen. 
what's interesting is um, because our household revolves so much around sport and extracurriculars in the normal pre-corona days, the kitchen around 5.30 or so would be very, very busy because now kids have come home, they've done homework, they need to quickly get something to eat before they're back out the door. So it's very chaotic and stressful because I'm trying to manage homework. I'm trying to feed people, but I also know they're going to get back at like seven or nine after sport and want to eat again. And we're like short tempered with one another and exhausted. But now because everybody is home all day <laughs> and usually around our dining room table out here in the open plan living right next door to my kitchen area, by four or five when they're done their school day, they have migrated elsewhere. So for me, the kitchen is now unusually quiet at that time of day. So I'm actually living my best kitchen life now. <laughs> and just like last night, had music playing and was had candles on and was channeling my inner, I was going to say my inner Martha Stewart, but really I was channeling my inner Christy Purifoy. <laughs> and because um, what's interesting too is that a lot of times the chores I have always resented about the kitchen this is going to sound so weird. Please don't hate me if you're listening and do not feel this way. But because I spend so much of my day now at a desk, either doing my own Zoom calls and work or facilitating like a third grader trying to get onto Zoom and do all the things she's supposed to do on Zoom. And uh, oh my gosh, Christy, that just reminded me right now live. I'm going to confess this. My extrovert daughter is supposed to have a Zoom call every Friday. They do lunch bunch and we are recording this on a Friday and it occurs to me in the middle of this conversation, I forgot that she was supposed to do that and she did oh, not no. participate. I am not going to remind her of that. We are just going to move forward as if that did not happen. <laughs> but suffice to say, that's how the days are. There's like yeah. so much togetherness, so much Zoom, so much online at a desk that there's something really cathartic about going into my kitchen and running hot water and washing out pots. I have found that soothing, loading the dishwasher, unloading groceries when they come in, the freshness of the produce, chopping and cutting, things I have never really enjoyed have become soothing for me at the end of a day of computer work that's now times four because it's my children and me. So my kitchen has changed in that regard and has actually become a place at the end of the day where I'm like, oh, I can go stand in the kitchen and cook something or smell something or eat chocolate, <laughs> like whatever <laughs> panic emergency thing you need to do in a kitchen. And so in that sense, it's changed for me, um, but I guess in a different way than yours has changed. Yeah, although I don't know, maybe there's some similarities. So my kitchen is more of a shared space now um, because the kids our home, they, uh, you know, I, I guess this is what it is. We're not going out. Their options in terms of entertainment have narrowed. <laughs> right. And so one of the things that has been entertaining them lately, at least a few of them, is cooking. Well, actually, let me be specific, baking, making anything with sugar, essentially. <laughs> so every day, my boys especially are in there making something, um, cookies or they found this super easy um, ice cream recipe that doesn't even need oh, an ice cream maker from you, oh, um, a, after today's conversation. Could you please share that with the rest of us? We might have to. Uh, it's from a kid cookbook that we gave my second son, Bo, for Christmas. He didn't touch that cookbook once, I don't think, until this 
these days of isolation. And now he's made that um, chocolate ice cream from this cookbook. I mean, I think he made it four days in a row and then only stopped because we ran out of the ingredients for (laughs) chocolate ice cream. Wow. So it's fun and I'm proud. And I, I realized that in extreme situations when their options are limited and they they only have so many things they can do. They're doing things that I've always wanted them to do, like experimenting in the kitchen. So I love it, but it also means I'm sharing that space in new ways. Yeah. Um, I have, you know what it is, Lisa Joe? I have less control over my kitchen right now. <laughs> yes. I think that's been true for months with the construction, but it's just hit another level now that we're all there. We're all using it. It's not my space anymore. Mm. I'm not the only one who has say in what we eat for lunch, what we eat for dinner, how we snack, what desserts are offered. Everyone is contributing to that. And that's wonderful. And also, I'm surprised that it's been a little bit hard for me. I feel like my kitchen is a little more chaotic now than is typically the case. And while that does, that is a kind of life, an abundant life and a gift, it's also hard for me. <laughs> yeah, it is hard. And I, one of the interesting things that's come out of the kitchen for us is that you know, the kitchen really is the heart of the home, pretty much. Mm-hmm. I think in everybody's home, whether you're in an apartment or a large house, like there's something about the kitchen that gathers us all in, which means it's also the place, though, where we can have those more explosive and intense moments where yes. you have suddenly all these different personalities and levels yes. of moodiness, depending on who's in a bad mood. And they all connect in the kitchen. And sometimes it's a spark that will just set everything off. And in our household, One of the things that's become a necessity is if Pete and I are both working from home, I refuse to be working and then pausing my work in order to get up and continue to do chores around my children who by a certain point of the day are done all their schoolwork and lounging around. And it makes my head want to explode when I feel like here I am working at my computer providing income for you. And you're just now lounged on the couch while I fold laundry around you. Like, no, (laughs) that is not acceptable. And so we've definitely had a few explosion moments where I remind our children that this is in fact not a hotel with room service (laughs) and that they are going to need to participate. And so we've actually developed these routines in our household that, you know, I feel like developed routines is way too big of a claim. We have tried to brainwash our children into recognizing these routines that we have to remind them of daily is when you are done schoolwork, you are required to check in with us to tell us, here's my list I had to do for school. I've done everything. Because as we've learned, you know, a 12-year-old's idea of having done often just means I looked at the assignment, found it too challenging and moved on. But he feels like (laughs) since he made eye contact with it, that it's been accomplished. So they have to check in with us first. And then the second thing they are required to do is ask, mom, what chores are there I can help with before they're allowed to do anything else in the day's agenda. That just is a given in our house, which means they, I will, I found, I don't know about you, Christy, but assigning chores can be difficult for kids Mm -hmm. because some chores are just so, you just don't want to have to always looming over you. So Mm -hmm. I'll give them a choice, laundry or unloading dishes, folding the laundry or, you know, blowing the, the leaf blower on the deck. Like here are your choices and then they can pick. But because of that, we've had these explosive moments where, At the end of long and frazzled days, I walk into the kitchen and it's like you can see everything that everybody ate 
over the course of the entire day and the 16 cups, apparently, that were required for each of the snack courses they helped themselves to. And nobody has unloaded the dishes or loaded the dishes, but are somehow managing to reach all new heights on Minecraft, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and then I just think I might hurt someone when that happens. And so... (laughs) We had a particularly negative run-in yesterday with one of my children who shall remain unnamed. And this child just was so frustrated and so angry and so belligerent. And they did that thing that teenagers do where, <laughs> where you are like trying to stay calm and assert what they did wrong and why you're mad. And then they mutter things under their breath like, oh, good grief, so much drama, mom. You're oh, so dramatic. Oh, and then I would be like, oh, I'm dramatic. I'm dramatic. <laughs> And they like critique you, right? Like underneath everything. And it is the worst. And so this child continued to mutter commentary on my parenting (laughs) 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 while unloading the dishwasher. And their act of defiance was that I had told them they had to wash their hands before they unloaded the dishes. And they like literally like looked at me and then just started unloading dishes. And I know they were sweaty and gross from being outside. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, and then it just, it got bad after that and escalated to the point where <laughs> I took away every single device this child has, basically informed them they would no longer have any ongoing friendship with Netflix or Hulu or Amazon. <laughs> And this child went outside and even though it was raining, just sat on the trampoline by themselves (laughs) and refused to come in the house. (laughs) So I said to Peter, I was like, okay, this is bad. And And you know, it was one of those rare moments, I'm still celebrating it, where I felt like I actually got parenting right because I sat down and I thought about everything that had happened. And I realized that we have had six very intense weeks. And this is really the first truly poopy day that I've had with this child. And everybody gets to have a poopy day. Look, this is my deep Mm. takeaway for our listeners, poopy days. Everybody (laughs) gets to have one. And I realized there's nothing this kid can do. There's an entire sports season they've missed out on. They don't get to be with their friends. You know, that middle school sense of closure isn't there anymore. Like just everything. And this kid has been amazing through all of it. And so, you know what I just said? I picked up this kid's phone and in an act of true genius, in my opinion, walked out to the trampoline where the child refused to make eye contact with me and simply said, here's your device. I'm giving it to you. I'm also telling you today was a poopy day. And you know what? You get a poopy day pass. You've been amazing (laughs) all up until now. I'm going to the grocery store and I'm going to get you whatever you want. What would you like? And it was so precious. The kid looked up at me and said, six tacos from Taco Bell and a strawberry milkshake. (laughs) Wow, he had that answer ready. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I said, listen, kid, it's been rough. And I'm going to, I said, I could either discipline you or I think I could reward you. And I'm going the reward route because I'm going to recognize not the one poopy day, but the six weeks Mm. prior to this where you have been amazing. And I told the other two, listen, I will, today is a yes day. Like, what drive through do you want? I will take you wherever you want to go. And they, it was so interesting, they didn't want to go to a drive through they wanted to go to the grocery store because they were so desperate to just get out the house. And so we masked up and gloved up and gave instructions about how to behave in the store, and they were just so ecstatic. And in the store, usually if I'm saying yes to treats, it's like one thing you can get, you know? And then they had like this intense, like, do I get this or that? And I just was like, you can get them both. <laughs> 
Like mm-hmm. they just were, their minds were blown and they made horrifying choices. I mean, we came home with cotton candy and oh, no. <laughs> like sugar bombs and ice cream sundaes. And I just realized in that moment how important that yes was. And when we came back, there was so much joy in the kitchen. Like they all were telling Pete, you're not going to believe what mom got for us. Like, look at all this food we came home with. And it made me think about your boys too, because my son Micah has asked me for a long time, would it be okay if he cooked steak for us? Because he's watched this YouTube channel where they cook steak. And normally I would say, oh, it's too expensive or it takes too much time or that seems like extra steps for me. But instead, when we were at the store, we found these tiny little stew steaks, you know, cuts where they're small little bites, like two inches. And we bought a couple packs of those so he could try out two or three at a time Mm -hmm. as he perfected his methodology. And (laughs) saying yes to those things and choosing to see how far and how great they've done rather than judge them on that one day. I mean, my kids woke up this morning and they were still talking about that. Mm -hmm. And it just changed the ethos of the entire kitchen. And I have a kid Mm -hmm. who cooks steak now. It was amazing. That's so good. I think that is what has happened to our kitchens. The kitchens are the primary source right now of comfort, (laughs) of (laughs) joy, of happiness. (laughs) I mean, good things are happening in different rooms in our house and even out in our yard. But I feel like life is revolving around the kitchen more than it normally does. And I could poo-poo that and say, oh, that's no good. Our lives shouldn't, we shouldn't be eating our emotions. Our, our you know, our, <laughs> our our comfort shouldn't be coming from, fr- from food. And um, we should find other ways to, you know, deal with how we're feeling. And maybe some of that, sure, is true. But for the most part, I'm so grateful that we still have this place of abundance. We still have this place where there are new things to try and there um, is fun to be had and rewards to give and receive and love and Um, I think my experience has been the same. We've had some of our biggest um, fights and, you know, unhappy (laughs) moments in the kitchen, (laughs) but also some of the best. I took this hilarious photo of my older son the other day. Um, I will not, I I don't think this, he knows I would never show the photo. So I think it's okay if I just describe the photo. (laughs) He was baking something. I can't even remember now because they've been baking up a storm and he had the mixer out and everything. He looked so professional. And then as a joke, he found his younger sister has um, an actual chef hat. You know, the kind oh, that like sticks up high and looks like, has like almost like the poofy little yes. mushroom cap. Yeah. But her chef hat is Pepto-Bismol pink. It is bright pink. <laughs> <laughs> of course it so is. Yeah, he put this bright pink chef hat on his head and he had an apron on and he was dancing around. And I said, please let me take your picture. I had to take your picture. So it's also just been a place for for fun as well. And I don't know, I guess the kitchen encapsulates so much of um, life experience right now is that it's all the things, right? It's the place where things get hard. It's the place where we're grumpy, the place where we, you know, just feel our rough edges Um, it's the place where I personally feel like I've lost control. I have lost control of my kitchen. And that right there, right, is like in a nutshell what so much of this, you know, global experience is about, our loss of control or our sense of control, our our new awareness of just the uncertainty of life, the fragility of of life and the things we count on. Man, I am feeling that in my kitchen. Um, I don't know. I feel like what what that old old thing that people used to say, or maybe there was a book that said, I don't know if you remember this, Lisa Joe. It said something like, um, "Everything I learned, I learned in kindergarten. 
I feel like we could yes. say something like, everything I'm experiencing in this time of global pandemic, <laughs> I experience in my kitchen. <laughs> so true. It's so true. And it's true that we don't find our comfort just in food, but it is also true that food is a source of comfort in the same way that exercise is or cleaning or organizing or mm-hmm. health or I mean, there art, reading, books, yeah. all of it plays yeah. in. And food is certainly one of those good gifts that God has given us to provide comfort and to also gather us in. I mean, that's the thing food does, too, is it keeps mm-hmm. drawing people in. And I think that's probably why your kitchen is more chaotic than normal, because yeah. it's pulling. It's got that yeah. gravitational pull. And uh, Zoe, my extrovert, whose Zoom call we missed today, um, had luckily some wonderful friends who last week had invited her actually Actually, the day before Easter, the Saturday before Easter, one of our mutual friends, the mom, set up a virtual tea party for all of our daughters and so that they could get dressed up and sit and drink tea together and have tea party food, which meant I said yes to something I don't typically say yes to. Like, let's figure out how to make chocolate-covered strawberries because that's what Zoe wanted as part of her tea party. And you would think, I know probably to most listeners, that's just not a big deal. I've literally never done that. Like, I've never melted chocolate. I don't know how you're supposed to do it. But it's Zoe's favorite food, like her Mm. chocolate-covered strawberries. You know, if you heard of, there's a restaurant called (laughs) the Golden Corral. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do, It's like one of those (laughs) all-you-can-eat buffets. And Uh they have, if you ask Zoe where she wants to go, that is always where. And it's because they have a chocolate fountain. And you can literally just take like 15 strawberries if you want and just stand there and dip all of them under the chocolate. And (laughs) and she can. She has eaten her body weight just in chocolate-covered strawberries. So she was so excited to make them. And we did. We said, yes, we got the strawberries. We learned how to melt the chocolate. We made them. And it's funny because not only was it joyful for her, for her tea party, and I set out her fancy china, and she got dressed up, and um, we made cucumber sandwiches and actual tea and chocolate-covered strawberries, and she got to connect with her cute friends as they all ate their tea, too. But it blessed her brothers who all then got drawn like moths to a flame to the kitchen. And they were like, chocolate covered strawberries. That's amazing. (laughs) And um, it's this moment for her, you know, a feeling that she had created something. And it was very cute as she very bossily informed them how many they could have and gave out plates. And there's something about that that space that keeps inviting even those of us who live in these four walls and are with each other 24-7 There's something about a sense of invitation that the kitchen offers you at least once a day in the evenings when you have that primary meal where you you feel welcome and special. Um, And there's something about that that rises above quarantine. Mm -hmm. That's true. You know, something that's happening in the kitchen, I think, for a lot of people is that um, the things that we don't make time for or have time for or feel like we have space for in our ordinary lives, we now are doing. So, chocolate-covered strawberries for you. Mm. I've um, been baking bread a little bit, which is something um, here and there in the past I've enjoyed, but I've struggled to make it like a regular part of my life. Um, but because I'm home, I'm I, I'm doing that. Um, I don't know. I, I know <laughs> it's funny. Again, I, I feel like I'm saying this every week, so forgive me, listeners. I think I'm, I, I'm sure I said this in last week's episode, but it just, I keep coming back to it. Um, ordinary life is not ordinary anymore. <laughs> it's yeah. it's strange and different and new. Um, but it it's the ordinary life we're given. 
And I guess one of the things I am grateful for is that my ordinary life these days includes things like fresh baked bread and chocolate ice mm. cream na- made by my sons yeah. and um, things that just weren't a part of my ordinary life before. So I don't know if this is temporary ordinary life. I don't know if this is a new normal, if this is what ordinary life will will look like for a while, or perhaps now because they learned the skill, my sons will always make chocolate ice cream. You know, <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe your son will, you know, maybe you have a, a you know, a once a week steak thing happening oh, with man. your son now from here on out. Who knows? Um, but I think, yeah, I think there is this potential I want to recognize that ordinary life won't be the same going forward. And and that that will be hard in some ways, but that also that's really going to be very sweet in some ways. So one thing that um, my husband and I have been talking about that we've noticed a change um, that is rooted in our kitchen. So before, before <laughs> um, these days of quarantine and of trying not to go to the grocery store too often, I often was aware that we wasted a lot of food. There would be food sitting in the refrigerator that sat too long and then I had to toss it out or um, things in the pantry that, you know, stayed there felt like forever. And I didn't even know what was at the back of the shelves sometimes. And I was just always aware that there was you know, here's this word again. There was that kind of chaos. There was a bit of chaos in my management of our of our food. Well, right now, because we're trying to go to the store less often, we're being a little bit more careful about planning a bigger list when we do go shopping so that we don't have to run right back out. Um, I have noticed that we are not wasting food in the way we were. We're using up what we had. And so I was mentioning this to my husband and saying, hey, have you noticed we're doing this? This is really cool. This is kind of how I I would have always wanted to live, but but we didn't. Why not? And we both said that, wow, this is one thing that if it's possible, we would love to keep doing. But I think it will require that we make some of, of the changes that are forced on us right now, um, even in the future, if we don't have to live that way, that we hope that we will choose So we said, you know, we need to choose maybe in the future that we have a sort of regular shopping day and we don't just zip out to the store on a whim, but we sort of stick with the discipline of, you know, shopping at the grocery store store less often. And maybe that will help us to to waste less food. And I feel like, you know, it's just one little thing. It's not going to matter to everybody, but it has been, um, I don't know, it has made me feel good. It's made me feel better about something happening in my kitchen. And it's something I want to continue. So I know we all, gosh, these days, there's just a lot. So I don't want to put pressure on anybody. I don't think we need to be learning lessons or we need to be like rehabbing our whole (laughs) (laughs) approach to life in these days. No. And yet I'm trying to remain attentive to just these small things, these little things that I'm appreciating about our lives right now. I'm appreciating about our spaces. And so this is something I'm appreciating about the kitchen right now, um, that I feel like we are making good use of the food that we have there and we're really enjoying it and we're not throwing it away and um, we're not wasting it. And I'm appreciating that. And I want, yeah, I'm just noticing and and we're going to try to hold on to that in the future. So um, it'll be fun as we continue these conversations room to room to think about, okay, how has um, my life in this space changed? And are there some little ways that maybe it's changed for the better that I just want to notice? Mm. Um, because I think even in the noticing, we have a better chance of 
holding on to those things and continuing in them. And again, we don't have to make a big deal of it. We don't have to write it down or make it some major goal. But just in the noticing, I think um, there's a good chance that it'll become a part of a regular part of our ordinary lives going forward. Mm. So I love that. Notes from the kitchen. Notes what a from great the kitchen. place. I hope that this week you guys are going to show us your kitchens. And more importantly, you're going to show us the food you're cooking in your kitchens. <laughs> I am all for that. So tag us. I'm at Lisa Jo Baker. And I'm at Christy Purifoy. Or you can use our hashtag out of the ordinary podcast and we can find you there too. But there is always comfort to be found when you are baking or cooking or stirring or freezing or frying, <laughs> or you're just opening a bag of cotton candy as my children discovered this <laughs> week. <laughs> we look forward to meeting you back here again next week as we visit another room from the house and all the stories lurking therein. If you enjoyed today's conversation, won't you take a moment right now, open up that podcast app and look for the subscribe button right next to our podcast profile image. And we think this podcast is best enjoyed with friends. So tell a friend, click share episode in your podcast app and send a friend our link.